Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Ann Ortley's Weekly Weather. My name is Ann Ortley. I'm broadcasting today from the bright red desk on the Upper East Side on a beautiful Sunday here in New York. We just had the marathon with 50,000 people running 26.2 miles. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have great respect for them, and it's very inspirational when you go out and you watch them all running by. Everybody's shouting and yelling, and get, they have shirts with their names on it. Um, so Susan or go Bob or go John or go Sally and you you know the whole crowd just cheers them on and you know you wait for your friend to run by except I'm getting old now so I don't have any friends running in it anymore but you wait for your friend to run by and they can tell you when they're going to get there you know they kind of have this they know their they know their time I am by the 17 mile mark which is really they're in good form they're in good spirit they're really happy there's a big water station Hooray, hooray. And so here's to the 50,000 people that did a heck of a lot more work today than I did. Um, And, of course, it is Marathon Day. We are entering a marathon. Mars Square Pluto is approaching. Uh, It perfects on Tuesday. And we are seeing, of course, a lot of shifts. You know, Mars hopped over Saturn last week, so the roadblocks got lifted. And, of course, on the Mercury station, a number of you reported in, oh, my God, Nancy Pelosi, you know, she held the vote when the moon was void. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Um, And I did get the chart for the vote for, you know, opening up the impeachment hearings. Remember, they've been going on for a while. What we really want to look at is when they they send the stuff out saying they've done it. Um, And, of course, Mercury is now (laughs) retrograde in Scorpio, so the complaining about everything being done in secret, now it's like, okay, we're going to open it up. We're going to let you see what's going on. Mercury retrograde in Scorpio. We're going to start talking about the secret things we've been gathering. And, of course, we're all having Mercury in Scorpio. So watch where you're having secrets revealed in your life because Mercury is talking. Now, I did send out a newsletter. I know not everybody that listens to me uh, is, is on my newsletter list, but it's also posted on my website. So I want you to go pull the days because this Mercury retrograde in Scorpio is also having sextiles to uh, Saturn and Pluto, right? So last year when Mercury met up with Saturn and Pluto, now he's coming back in for a closing sextile. So imagine this, when planets meet up, they start a story. And that was in January when Mercury was in Capricorn. And now he's gone all the way around the zodiac and he all the way around your chart. And now he's coming back in, closing. He's coming in for a landing. And as he comes in, three times he's going to pass over the Saturn and Pluto sextile once. Then he's going to back up sextile twice. Then he's going to go direct on the 20th of November sextile third thing. And as he sextiles Saturn and Pluto, this week he's going to have a sextile to Pluto, right, going backwards. But he's going to have a sextile to Saturn next week. Mercury in Scorpio is talking. He's telling us stuff. And, he, you know, what he's doing is he's getting all of us ready for whatever's going to go on in January of this year coming up, January of 2020, when Saturn and Pluto meet and start a new uh, 36-year cycle. So it's real important, the stuff that we're digging up now. And one of the things that, you know, happens, and it's just the way it works, and I don't know how, but right before a big new thing starts, like that conjunction, there's a whole bunch of hooey that goes on 
that wants to come up and, and expose itself or tell itself stuff. So uh, the, the, the medical examiner, Michael Baden, I'm not sure if it's Michael, but Dr. Baden, was, you know, at the Jeffrey Epstein autopsy, and he pops out on the Mercury stationing to go retrograde in Scorpio. That, you know, the number of hyoid bones in his throat broken is, you know, kind of related to strangulation rather than hanging. You know, it got like a little brief flyby. But, you know, you want to watch. The stuff's coming out. The secrets are being told. And, of course, everybody went, nah, 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 nah. And, you know, but he's like, you know, I was hired by the family to check into it. We didn't really buy off on the suicide story. So you want to kind of watch what's getting revealed in your life, too, because the stuff that's coming out is all tied to whatever that new story is you're starting in January. And some of it's stuff that you want to know about, and some of it you might not want to know about. And that's okay, but you got to know about it. <laughs> now, you don't have to know about it. You have to, you have to kind of think about it, right? Or maybe just cogitate on it you know it's it it's 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 happening for you to pay attention and so when we look at the planets you know they don't impel us or compel us they they kind of invite us you know uh they they ask us to think about it you know just just kind of think about this what do you think about this and so when you're doing this energy when you're working with astrology consciously which is what we'd like to promote here that you know it's not trying to do something to you it's trying to help you grow this is one of those weeks when you really want to watch right because mars is going to square pluto which is a war aspect and i had my lovely friend and client samantha out in san francisco right in reporting on all the shootings in her neighborhood i'm like what kind of neighborhood do you live in girl um but it's an awareness that everybody is just a little wrecked. You know, they're just really feeling that Mars-Pluto square, which perfects on Tuesday. Unfortunately, it usually does result in some kind of crazy person running around with a gun and shooting. So just be aware that this week we got that coming in on Tuesday. That also is election day, right? And, of course, Mars-Square-Pluto, um, it's good to, you know, vote and know where your polling place is. And I know we just started with early elections here in New York. Um, so they're offering us the opportunity to vote ahead of time, which is great. Of course, I didn't manage to do it yet, but I'm going to get out there. And so Election Day on Tuesday is the same day that Mars-Pluto Square happens. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, what the election results are because Mars-Pluto is kind of an angry energy. So I'll be interested to see the stories that, you know, kind of come out of the election. And also, hopefully there won't be a shooting, but um, we'll see what happens. We also have this week uh, the third of three of Saturn and Neptune's sextiles. Now, remember all year I've been saying to you, ah, what's your dream, what's your dream, as Jupiter squared Neptune three times. And, you know, it was kind of like figuring out what that new dream looks like. So the other thing that was happening was Saturn in Capricorn was sextiling Neptune in Pisces, and he did it three times. He sextiled Neptune on January 31st, and he sextiled at 14 degrees 54 minutes of Capricorn Pisces. And then he sextiled a second time when Saturn was retrograde on June 18th of 2019, and he said, okay, let's, let's revise the structure of the dream and now on November 8th, he will have his third and final sextile of um, 
uh, at 16 degrees, and Neptune, of course, is retrograde, at 16 degrees, one minute of Capricorn Pisces. Now, this is a closing sextile. Saturn is, again, similar to Mercury, flying in to land in with Saturn. Neptune is the slower-moving planet. So we go back to when Neptune and Saturn met years ago, and this is the closing sextile, the closing story of that dream, right? And so Saturn is saying, you have a dream, how is it going? What are the changes you need to make? Now, he's not going to get to Neptune uh, for another two and a half, no, not even that, like six years, because he has to go through Aquarius, and then he has to go through Pisces. But he's wrapping up the dream when he and Neptune met in 89, uh, when we had the Berlin Wall fall, and all the babies, you know, I've been seeing a lot of them lately, you know, that were born with Saturn and Neptune were joined in Capricorn. And they're having the closing sextile of the chart that they were born with, where Saturn is back on their Saturn-Neptune conjunction. They're having their Saturn returns, and he's whispering in their ear, okay, so what's your dream for the future? You were born to work on a dream. And all the people that have Saturn-Neptune, particularly the 1952 and 53 babies, they're all checking in because they natally have Saturn and Neptune in Libra, and a lot of their dreams are going through renovation or revision or new energies. So it's a really juicy time for all of us for a couple things, to be a little more kind to ourselves and to others because the world is a little wild right now, to recognize that the stuff that's surfacing for us to work with emotionally is really tied to the ending cycles of things, you know, and, of course, it is fall here in the Northern Hemisphere where we become aware of the, the falling of the leaves and the releasing of the season of growth as we head towards the, se- the season of dormancy and winter. And, and, you know, I think of winter as being very um, solitary or, you know, not solitary, but you're, you're more interested in kind of curling up on the couch under a blanket. I've been finding I've been in soup-making mode. Like I've got chickpea curry soup on the, in the pot right now. Earlier this week I made potato leek soup. Uh, last week I had, um, uh, what's that stuff, butternut squash with sage soup. It's like curl up with a good book, with a cup of tea, get cozy. And as we, we do this closing cycle, we do these closing releasing energies, we really kind of look and say, oh, okay, that's what, that's what that was about. That's what that, was, that's what that amounted to. That's why that happened. Oh, okay, I understand. But really pay attention to Mercury. He is talking. He is telling stories. He's inviting us to go forward on a whole new level and really, really asking us to appreciate the depths the mysteries, the underworld. And remember, Saturn and Pluto, father and son, a lot of family karma getting worked out right now. Um, A lot of people working on their family structures. They're figuring out what their new family is. They're figuring out what's going on in their old family. Maybe, you know, relatives are leaving um, or people are, you know, getting sick. A lot of illnesses this week, a lot of announcements of, Stuff happening, you know, Alex Trebek last week said, you know, the pancreatic cancer, not so good. Um, it's, it's a season of endings, 
and it's a season of expression you know one of your one of your jobs i think when these seasons happen is to make sure to call all the people you love and tell them you love them right because it's part of the um you know we don't always appreciate or express the appreciation when they're here or when we have the opportunity to do it but because it is a season of of endings and loss this is a time when we really do remember and of course last week halloween it's the day of the dead it's when the veil between the worlds is the thinnest uh and the dead cross over into the other side uh and go you know the people that died this year that didn't take off right away this is when they do a big migration. I remember a while back I was in a meditation group and we we helped them all leave. And it was the year my grandmother had died. And so I wasn't really, you know, expecting anything, but we're in this meditation kind of waving goodbye and helping everybody leave. And my grandmother came over and gave me a big hug. And I'm like, "Hi grandma." And she's like, "Hi, how are you?" And then she goes, "You know, if you want to if you want to talk to me, use the pillow. Use the pillow." I'm like, "Use the pillow." And she laughed and uh crossed over, you know, and she was moving pretty fast. And um, I was like, the pillow, the pillow. And I had needle-pointed her a pillow. She had violets. My grandmother always had violets. She had a northern exposure. And um, she grew violets. And so I had needle-pointed her a, a pillow. It was a small little little mini pillow of violets. And she said, use the pillow when you want to talk to me. And zoom, she went by. So, you know, talk to your dead relatives. There's, you know, even though it's not Halloween anymore, they're, they're out there. They, they're interested in chatting you up if you want to talk to them. Now, this week, when we look at the um, the other energy, besides the Mars-Pluto square, which is nasty, and the Saturn-Neptune square, which is, okay, time to go to work on your dreams that you've been talking about since January of last year, maybe even longer, we also have um, Pallas Athena going into Sagittarius. Okay, so now she's leaving Scorpio, where she's been very strategically working, and she's heading into Sagittarius, where she's talking, and she's talking the truth, and that's going to happen, or, or telling her version of the truth. But remember, Pallas Athena is really smart, and she's in Sag, so she's wise, and she's answering to Jupiter in Sag. So they may say it, and you may not like it, but it's probably true. That's going to happen on November eighth. And then Juno is entering the partnership planet on November 3rd. So you're going to be partnering, uh, getting, forming commitments. It's a great week to form commitments. I know Mercury's retrograde. Um, but it is a good time to really kind of understand what that partnership energy is you're thinking about. Because Juno, the planet of partnerships, wants to partner. So she wants to she wants you to partner with her. Come on, come on, you've been talking about it for a while. Give her give her, her propers and give her give her yeah, I'm in. I'm I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna commit to it. Right? And that energy of, of Venus and Sag, she's a little bit overbounds, uh, meaning that she's a little wild because she's in Sag, right? And she's answering to Jupiter, so she may overcommit. <laughs> and that's okay. Uh, you know, you can get it all done. Yeah. And and that's a good thing. So we got the tension of the Mars-Pluto square, and then we've got the forward motion of the other guys. So let's talk moons now. I'll take my glasses off. I've, I've had like this eye thing lately where like, like I can read stuff with my, uh, with my eyes when it's close, but then I need glasses for my computer screen, which I have, but it's been much more pronounced lately. So I'm definitely feeling the, uh, feeling the eye thing here with Mercury retrograde, right? Okay, so today, right now, the moon is in Aquarius, and it's in Aquarius until uh, uh, Tuesday morning at 9.37 a.m., 
when it leaves with a square to moon squares Mercury and leaves uh, leaves Aquarius. Now, moon square Mercury is not a bad thing. It generally is kind of a uh, you know, overcommitting, really. Uh, but, it, you know, and it also is, well, it's a square. The moon's in Aquarius. I say I'm going to do it, and then squares Mercury, and I have to get all this stuff done. So there's a lot of positive forward motion with that. The moon is void all day Tuesday, is void from 9.37 a.m. until 6.08 p.m. When it goes into Pisces, it's in Pisces Tuesday night, Wednesday night, and it goes void on Thursday at 8.13 p.m., and it goes void, moon in Pisces is square, Jupiter in Sag. Again, not a bad thing, an overdoing energy, but generally the moon in Pisces square, Jupiter in Sag is kind of fun. It's overdoing, but, you know, good overdoing. The moon is void Thursday night uh, on the 7th, and it goes into Aries at 6.49 in the morning, Friday morning. It goes void at 8.13 Thursday night. These are all East Coast times. And then it's in uh, Aries on Friday, Saturday. Sunday goes void at 9 in the morning with a trine to the sun. And then it's void all day Sunday. And it goes into Taurus at 6.18 p.m. uh, next Sunday. And it's in Taurus Sunday, Monday. And it goes void at 10.48 a.m. with a trine to Pluto. Um, and Moon trine Pluto is power, right? So the aspects this week are generally very nice. There's not too much hoo-ha. They're all good, if a little overdoing. And overdoing is not a bad thing if you're overdoing it in a good way, right? So just know it's a little overdoing energy. We have Election Day on Tuesday, uh, and we do have the Mars-Pluto square Tuesday morning. So we know that Monday can have some, you know, heavy-duty, intense fighting energy, and that's kind of part of it. We also have daylight savings time ending today, uh, and we're back to Eastern Standard, and that, of course, means the sun is going to set an hour sooner, so it's going to get darker faster, and it also means my favorite. I hate the spring forward because losing that hour of sleep is really nasty, but this morning when I woke up and it was luxuriously Ooh, an extra hour of sleep. So that's the forward. So the busy week, the busy days this week are Thursday. Thursday is like a rompin' stompin' kind of day. A lot of activity on Thursday. And no real hard aspects aside from that Mars-Pluto square. Uh, you know, the back end of the week is pretty pretty flowing. A lot of um, emotional intensity on Thursday also because that's the day that um, that Saturn is working with uh, a lot of energy with the Neptune, you know, the Saturn blowing into the Neptune. And, of course, Moon in Pisces is is a little bit sad, uh, you know, can be a little bit of sorrow. So if we do have something on Monday, you know, tonight or Monday around shooting, um, that would be that would be then. Uh, and then the sextile for the Saturn, Neptune, of course, is Sunday night after the Moon's in Aries. So that's kind of an incisive, okay, let's make some decisions, figure out where we're going. Also, next week, the 11th, on Monday, is Veterans Day. Um, and in my case, I'm I'm proctoring that exam, and a number of you signed up. And I really appreciate people agreeing to be certified astrologers. It's most important. Um, it's kind of scary that, you know, you wouldn't go to a doctor. <laughs> you wouldn't go to a doctor that Googled how to do the operation before he cut on your body, right? Eh, you know, you would want him to have a little bit of training. And I remember back when I was a baby astrologer, my, my first astrology teacher yelling at me, you're committing brain surgery on your on your friends. 
And I thought it was kind of instructive. A number of people that were thinking of taking the test bailed because they realized how much they didn't know, which I think is good because, yeah, you know, being an astrologer actually is working with people's souls, and you actually have to know what you're doing before you do it, at least in my opinion, Uh, because it's a sacred art. And if you're just Googling shit and you don't know how to read a chart, you shouldn't be reading one. Uh, you wouldn't go to a doctor that Googled, you know, how to take out your appendix or how to operate on your brain, right? So my 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 bad. All right, so this week we're having that uh, class, which is good. And then if you want to, you can sit for another certification exam at the ESAR conference next uh, next September. And also NCGR offers certification, as does AFA, American Federation of Astrologers, the National Council for Geocosmic Research, and... Uh, ESAR, the International Society for Astrological Research. And, there, and of course, regionally, you know, in different countries, there's a Canadian certification, there's an English certification. And I think if we are really interested in practicing the sacred art of astrology, we should really know what we're talking about before we start, um, or at least be working towards certification, which is a dedication to learning what you know and, more importantly, what you don't know. All right, so in we go, on we go. And I'm not saying don't read until you're certified. I'm saying it's a process. But it is an appreciation for the depth of what you, what the, the field involves and how big it is. Okay, so the sun this week is uh, 12 Scorpio going to 19 Scorpio. And, of course, uh, when the sun, so any planets between 12 and 19 are going to be activated by the sun in Scorpio. Particularly on the 8th, the sun is going to sextile Saturn, which is, okay, let's commit to our stuff. And on the 9th, uh, the sun is going to trine Neptune, uh, saying, okay, this is the dream I'm working on, and this is the direction I'm heading. On the 11th, Mercury and the sun are going to be combust. And what that makes happen with Mercury is he gets pretty opinionated about stuff. When planets are combust the sun, the only one that likes that is Mars. The rest of them all get a little burned up by get burned up by the sun. But as he comes in, you know, he really is looking to understand on a deeper level the direction. There also is a health aspect on the eleventh with the sun uh Quindicile Uranus, which invites us to um really understand that creative process of uh, of how we're creating, and also perhaps some unexpected health aspects on the 11th. Mercury this week retrograde, going backwards from 25 Scorpio back to 19 Scorpio. And he has a parallel to the sun, uh, which is kind of important because it kind of, or I'm sorry, parallel to Venus, which is kind of a commitment energy that he's working with. And also Mercury has an interesting aspect to the nodes of fate on November 6th. Now, it's a little bit stressful, but it also promises important communication. So that aspect is kind of a pushy-pulley kind of energy, and it's really profound. So you do want to work with that and pay attention to who you meet on November 6th. Get their business card. If you have a meeting or a conversation, it's good. Mercury is working a little bit in the blind spot of uh, of Jupiter on the 6th, so there can be surprising announcements you didn't really anticipate that maybe make you a little mad because he then has an aspect to Mars where he goes, wow, and that's on the 8th, right? So you find out stuff on the 6th, and then on the 8th you're kind of like, really, that's what's going on, right? So it's good. Mercury's Mercury's telling the tales, and he has a retrograde sextile to Pluto on the 9th, where he's kind of working out stuff on a different level. 
and then he does have some changes. I apologize, I live near a hospital. Lots of ambulances here. Uh, Mercury opposite Vesta, um, which is changing your home and hearth on the 6th or adjusting yourself into something else. Venus this week, very busy girl. She's running from 2 Sag all the way to 13. So she's busy waking up everything in your chart between 2 and 13. And she has a trine to Chiron on the 3rd, encouraging you to work consciously with your wounds. She has an adjusting aspect on the 5th to Uranus. So this usually is kind of a little pushy energy. It's got a little, you know, a little spat kind of feel to it because Venus and Sag is saying stuff and Uranus and Taurus is kind of stuck in its ways. And so they're kind of, you know, almost saying stuff on purpose, you know. So I said something to somebody today because remember Mars is square Saturn. Mars is square Pluto, rather. I said something to someone yesterday uh, that kind of, you know, punched them a little and didn't mean to punch them. But a little part of me knew it would it would go through. And it was saying, well, you know, it's important to negotiate this so karmically you don't get them back again, right? And they went, wow, hadn't thought of it that way. And I had it a couple of weeks ago when someone said, do you really want to bop, 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 And it went in like, wow, do I really want to do that? So this is the week for those kind of conversations or those kind of comments where you can say something with that energy that kind of goes in on a deep core level and really helps people or helps a person break free where they're a little stuck. In my case, it helped me kind of go, whoa, I hadn't thought of it that way. And that's what Mercury in retrograde does too. He makes you go, wow, you know, I hadn't hadn't thought of it from that perspective, but it gives you, you know, a different perspective on stuff. Then he has um, Venus. Venus rather has a, an aspect, and this was Venus having a hard aspect to Uranus, kind of a little shake it up kind of energy, saying something that helps people have people see things. And then Venus also has a biquintile to the node of fate, so you want to watch what comes in or shows up. Then she also is semi-square this week. She's semi-square Mars and she's semi-square Pluto. Um, and so she's going to do that on the 6th to the 7th, which is a little emotional stress. She's just feeling the stress. And, of course, Mars is moving into a square to Pluto, right? And so Venus is in there kind of feeling it. You know, she's feeling, ooh, there's going to be a fight, there's going to be a fight. And I don't know about you, but whenever there's like a scary movie on TV or a scary thing, you get like all jiggly in your skin like you can feel it coming. It's that kind of energy. So that's the 6th and the 7th. And just know... People are going to be jiggly in their skin. <laughs> Isn't the beauty of astrology that you know they're going to be jiggly? Uh, and then you can kind of go, ooh, a little jiggly there, huh? Uh, Venus is also sesquiquadrate Eris, which is the goddess of discord on the 8th, which is the Mars-Pluto aspect. Venus also is parallel, which means she's on the same degree of declination. So even though she's in Sagittarius, she's working with Saturn and Pluto. And she's asking you on November 8th for you to really understand what the value of this is and how it's valued and what the value is about. Because it's a lot of energy with Venus hitting Saturn and Pluto of you looking and saying, is that really a value to me? And if it is, you know, what would it look like? And then Venus also has a hard aspect to the nodes of fate on the 9th, which is an adjusting, releasing, letting go. It's done, it's finished, it's over energy. And she also has a biquintile to Uranus um, on the 9th, which kind of gives her a bit of freedom. And then she has another aspect to the nodes of fate by declination on the 11th. That one is a positive energy of releasing and saying, okay, that's finished and done, let's let it go. 
So there's a lot of energy with Venus this week. And because she's in Sagittarius, she's seeking her freedom or she's seeking to understand, you know, from the perspective of candles and lighting the way and seeing things, you know, what that energy is and how we're going to work with it. Mars this week, of course, we've talked about that square that perfects on Tuesday the 5th, which is kind of strong. And then uh, Mars is um, adjusting the home and hearth on the 5th and giving it a new direction. And then we also have a lot of energy around uh, quintiling, Mars quintiling Neptune, giving us um, kind of a new idea about how to approach things or an inspired idea. That can be another way of looking at inspiration. And then we also have uh, Mars opposite Eris on the 9th. Again, this is a cranky crabby aspect. This week got the cranky crabbies, but it's cranky crabbies for clarity. So what you want to do is if you if you find yourself crabby or if someone's crabby with you, go, well, okay, what are you trying to clear? Because that's a good way to redeploy that Mars square Pluto energy. It's got a warrior component, but Mars, of course, is in Libra answering to Sag in in uh, Venus and Sag. So he he really just wants you to see it. So he might be a little pushy, but he's not trying to be mean. He's, par- you know, and then to just kind of know that. Um, it, it might feel mean, but not trying to be. Saturn is parallel Pluto. Uh, of course, that's on the 5th, you know, with the Mars-Pluto square. It's just going to be, that first part of the week's a little hard. And then Saturn sextiles Neptune on the 8th, kind of saying, okay, we have to work a little harder we have Pluto trining Vesta on the 7th, which is looking at us about how we want to transform our lives. And then, as I mentioned earlier, both Athena and Juno change signs this week. Athena going into Sag on the 8th and Juno going into new partnership energy um, today on the 3rd, tonight around 9.30. So on that note, I wish you all a really good week. And just remember that what this all is for is for you to grow in a creative way to love and serve your life in the best way you can, to realize your natal potential and to say, yeah, this too shall pass, but also what the heck is it trying to teach me? And if you can take that approach, it just makes it immeasurably easier because then you can shout at the heavens, I got it, I got it, I really got it. You don't have to do it again. We're done. I don't need to hear this anymore. And that's a good way to use that Mars square Pluto energy. So this is Ann Ortley signing off from the Bright Red Desk, wishing you all a great week, lots of love, and uh, a cup of warm soup. And I'm going to go stir my chickpeas now and maybe start sautéing my onion. Mm-mm-mm. Okay, so now listen to this recipe. Chickpea soup curried with sweet potato and onion and a little coconut water. Doesn't that sound good? Uh, have a great week. Bye. <laughs> 